What's up, y'all? This is Whitmer from Nerdtastic, and you're listening to KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM. Side. Garrett Pave. Garrett, how are we doing? Excited. The week has finally come. The NFL draft. It has been a long time waiting and a great one at that. Um, of course, a ton of unbelievable players in this year's class. Probably one of the best classes we've seen in a very long time. So, you know, excited to be back in the studio and breaking it all down. Definitely the most interest we've had at yes. the top of the draft. 100%. We know what probably picks one and two are. Yep. After that, it's anybody's <laughs> guess. And now, hey, this is I guess we're going to jump straight into it. So, we're going to go through our picks, 1 through 32. We each have different mock drafts. I haven't seen Garrett's. Garrett hasn't seen mine. We're going to play a little music to get mm-hmm. into it. Oh, yeah. We did this a couple during our quarterback <laughs> ranking show. So, number one overall pick, Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock. I think this is a pretty easy one. Garrett? Uh, yeah, I would agree with you. You, you want to go? You want to say who you get? I'll take Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. I agree. I, I think that's probably the safest pick. Maybe in a very long time, I think Lawrence won is a lock. So I agree with you. I, I also have Trevor Lawrence. I'm not sure if we even need to like dive into. Just, no. We've I, talked so much about <laughs> Trevor. We've talked so much about all the quarterbacks. We have talked so much about Trevor Lawrence. Do you think he's going to be the moment he gets in the NFL a superstar? Moment he gets in, I don't know. Um, I think Lawrence is, you know, a lot of people have said he's a generational talent, which yeah. I agree. He's just a fantastic player. He's got an unbelievable arm. He moves really well. Um, but I think it's going to take him a year or two to adjust. I, th- I could see him being like a Joe Burrow where he comes in, shows good flashes. You also got to remember, though, this is not a great Jacksonville no, roster. Not I mean, at this all. is a very depleted roster. So. I think you'll see Lawrence make strides in his first season, but I don't think right away he's going to be like, you know, the superstar everybody expects him to be right away. Yeah, I'm excited to see what what also he's going to do with Urban Meyer. This is Urban's Me first time yes. coaching the NFL. Agreed. You know, the the spread offense that Urban likes to run, they need some more depth of receiver. They have another first-round pick. They have two second-round picks. I definitely think they'll use one of those on a receiver. Yep, Let's jump to number two overall, New York Jets on the clock. Another pretty easy one. Uh, I have Zach Wilson, quarterback from BYU to the Jets. Yep, I agree. I, I'm in the same boat. I think he's just a, you know, I, we, we're we waiting to see what he's going to show. I know Harrison's not super high on him. So not, I think he's like QB4. For, under, uh, for understandable reasons. So I think, you know, curious to see how he fits in with the uh, New York lifestyle. And I've heard that he's contacted Mark Sanchez, Geno Smith, all these former Jets quarterbacks. So I think we pretty much know where th- he's going, he said in there. I think that... You know the, the Jets' quarterbacks—they don't—they're not all home runs. We talked. Nope. Sam Darnold is already off the team. Mark Sanchez was taken number six overall. Yep. Geno Smith was one of the first two picks of the second round. This isn't a new thing that the Jets are taking a quarterback very high in the draft. And 
All I know is that these don't work out. Zach Wilson has to prove me wrong. He doesn't have to. He hasn't proved anything yet. In BYU, he, people want to talk about, we're going to get to Trey Lance later, but yep. Zach Wilson didn't have any sig- real signature wins the last couple of years. And the best teams he played in the last two years, he basically lost all of those games when they're playing the top competition. Yep. Jump to number three overall. This is where we get our first bit of intrigue with yep. San Francisco, who traded up with Miami at number three overall. Garrett, I'll let you go first. Yeah, um, so at three, of course, the 49ers, I think the talk, you know, as of recently has been, you know, they're going to quarterback. Uh, Harrison, you know, when I talked before the show, it was, you know, they had narrowed it down. It was Mac Jones, yep. Trey, I mean, well, the top three, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, or Justin Fields. So at three, I've got them taking Mac Jones. Really? Um, I do. I, I think, I, I just think this is, from what I've heard, the 49ers, it's just kind of the guy they like. I know that there's a lot of talk about Justin Fields. I, I think, honestly, right now, in my opinion, it's Fields or Jones. I, I think Trey Lance falls in that top eight area, potentially, top ten. But I think right now it's Jones or Fields. And I won't say it's you know concerning, but, of course, you know, the story with Justin Fields now dealing with epilepsy, which yeah. is you know horrible. And uh, it's been amazing how he's handled that, actually. You just wonder if a coach is concerned if he – deals with I, I, not that it will again not that it will but it's something to think about you know talk about a concussion that's something that could throw a wrench in things so mm-hmm. i'm not saying it's a big deal but i do think mac jones is going to go third to the 49ers so i'm sorry you've, you've been pretty anti-mac jones in, i know in the full I, off season it, it pains me to say that I, I don't think he is a top three quarterback but i, I don't that's just what i've been seeing a lot of and I get it. I get why, but I don't. I don't love it. So I also have Mac Jones number three to the 49ers. and I, this one took a lot of thought. People try to talk me into the experts, as I would say, the experts I know, try to talk me into putting Justin Fields at number three overall. I even talked to one of the 49ers beat reporters about it. He's convinced they're taking uh, Fields at number three overall. I I think Jones is their guy. I he's still the betting favorite as of today. When the rumor came out this morning that they have decided Jones is still, I think, minus 200 to be that number three overall pick in the draft. I just think what it comes down to is what Kyle Shanahan is such a great coach and runs such a great offense. The fact that they are, do they want to take the risk of someone like Fields who just couldn't, like, there's a chance that just Fields doesn't work out. And I think that the move there is to go with a safer pick. They were so close to winning a Super Bowl two years ago. We mentioned this last week. we have never gone a show without mentioning Super Bowl 54. <laughs> they had a double digit. No matter the context of the show, we have yeah. to talk about it. They had the double digit lead in the fourth quarter, and it was they just collapsed down the stretch. They need someone to calm in the pocket, make those big throws. Not someone who's going to try. They don't need someone that can do too much. Yeah. As crazy as that sounds, they don't need you know the flashy quarterback. They need someone who can be good enough. Yeah. And I think Mac Jones is that guy. And there was an article on ESPN today from Seth Wickershoe, who may or may not have made me famous this week. <laughs> He said, it was this, this was the last line of the article. He was an article about Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan, his father. Uh, the last line was, it was a quote from Kyle Shanahan saying, the line is in the NFL is this thin, putting his two fingers together. He looked me dead in the eye, dead serious, this thin. When it comes down to winning football games in the National Football League, the line is so thin, mm-hmm. and I think you have to go with the guy who gives you the best chance to kind of win games right now and mistake-free football, and I think Mac Jones is that guy. And you and I talked about, you know, a couple weeks ago, it was almost a question of where does Mac Jones improve from here? So there's the one side of where is his ceiling? How much better does he get? But there's also that side that you just said of he 
is going to be a well-groomed quarterback to come in and help this team right away. Now, does that mean he'll start week one? We don't know. Um, we would assume so based on kind of what's going on with the whole Jimmy Garoppolo situation. But um, I like your point there. I do think that Mac Jones, again, it And this isn't anything against bit. Justin Fields. No, I think Justin Fields – I, I have Justin Fields in my quarterback rankings ranked higher than Mac Jones. He's, Fields is my QB3. 100%. Jones is my QB5. Yep. But I, when it comes down to what the 49ers need and what they want, yep. Mac Jones has to be their guy. Ready I to jump to number four? Number four. Let's do it. This is where I have my first trade. Oh, all right. I have my first of five trades. We to more put context in this mock draft. We each have a few trades here and there on yep. this. This is my first one. I have Atlanta moving out of this pick. I think that their draft capital. I, I, I think that when new coaches come in, they like to add more draft capital because it gives them some more flexibility in their later years. I have Atlanta trading back with a team that's been probably most aggressive this offseason, the New England Patriots. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. I have Atlanta (laughs) getting number 15 overall, New England's first-rounder next year, New England's third-rounder this year, New England's third-rounder next year, in exchange for the number four overall pick, where the Patriots select quarterback from North Dakota State, Trey Lance. (laughs) Gary, who do you have with this pick? I love it. Uh, Yeah, I actually, just going preface this whole stuff, I don't have a trade till seven. So I I go a few picks down before I have a trade. Um, and I've got you know the Falcons taking my favorite player in the entire draft, Kyle Pitts. So um, so break down your Pitts thing first, then I'll drive him. Yeah, into of course. I, I just you know I've talked about Pitts a lot, and it might be I, I know we're seeing a lot of different stuff. You know the trades. And I do think that you know moving for a quarterback, you know the Patriots moving up is an option. I just think the Falcons, if you're the Falcons, Kyle Pitts is arguably a top three player in this entire draft, right? I mean he is one of the best players in this entire class. And I just, I've said this over and over about him. What I like about Kyle Pitts is he can play anywhere on the field you want him to. It does not matter where you line him up, he'll do it all. And his wingspan, his catch radius, everything, his vertical, I mean, it's just fantastic. And I think he provides so much spark to an offense that needs it. Um, The question is, and to your point with Trey Lance, the question is, how much longer is Matt Ryan having the tank? I mean, is he a guy that can go for four more years? We don't know. I think Atlanta has plenty of offensive talent. This would just help add to that. But I do think Pitts, I think they go Pitts at four. And I don't think Atlanta's far off either. I think they're closer no, than they I think. Agree. They lost a lot of close games last year. Yep. And something they, something they did this offseason was they moved a lot of Matt Ryan's money from guaranteed money from this year to the years after. So they have to pay him more money later on that they can't really get out of. I think he has $40 million in dead money next season and then 30 the year after that. So it's not like a quick fix getting movers. That's why drafting a quarterback doesn't really do much right now. I think the, why New England trades up and gets Trey Lance is he, is he seems like their guy over fields when it comes down to if they have a choice between the two. He's a quarterback who called his own protections in college. He's kind of more similar to what they were on a run in a, a strong uh, pocket offense. And what they've done with Cam Newton is they've implemented the – the zone read game where Trey Lance, I think, does that a lot better yep. than Justin Fields when watching the film between the two. Fields is a strong arm. I can't go on enough about how much I love Justin Fields. I think he'd be a great fit yeah. for the New England Patriots. And I think if they move up, I think he is their guy they have to get. I think he can learn from a year behind Cam Newton because they're, I would say they have pretty similar play styles when it comes to running in the strong arm offense. And they're both great leaders. Everyone has always said great things about Trey Lance. So I think sitting a year behind Cam Newton would be a pretty, a pretty good thing for Trey. Ready to jump to number five overall when Cincinnati's on the clock. Yep.
Garrett, why don't you take this one? I could be wrong on this one. You and I might differ, but I'm not sure. I, I don't know where. You know, again, like I said, Harrison, him and I have not seen each other's mock drafts. I've got the Bengals taking Jamar Chase at five. Okay. Um, I think Jamar Chase, of course, a former teammate of Joe Burrow's. Uh, Jamar Chase opted out of this year's season. He was, I think, he is the best receiver in this class. I think he is above Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, not by much, but I think by a little bit. Um, and I, I don't really need to say much about Jamar Chase. He's just a freakish athlete who can make plays everywhere in the field. Um, he just is. To me, almost the clear choice. If he's still there, if he's there at five, I don't know how you wouldn't take him. Um, so I think they take Jamar Chase at five. I also have Jamar Chase at the Bengals at five. This is something I've been hearing from people that know stuff about the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that Chase is their guy over Sewell. It's between the two. It, Kyle Pitts is not really in their conversation. I agree with reuniting him with Joe Burrow. The Bengals have to replace the AJ Green targets because yep. AJ Green now a member of the Atlanta Falcons or the Arizona Cardinals. That is, they they took T Higgins in the second round last year. He wasn't great last year. They have Tyler Boyd. They lost John Ross. They kind of need to get Joe Burrow that flashy receiver to get downfield because there's the two things with protecting Joe Burrow. You need yep. pass protection yep. and you need sack prevention because you've got to hit players down the field if no mm. one's open you're gonna get sacked you need a guy who can get open this is the best wide receiver prospect i think we've seen since julio jones in the 2011 draft 100%. he's explosive we haven't seen him play this year to be fair if we're gonna do, say true. that for other players yep. i i don't think that should be a problem because nope, i don't think I sitting out a year <laughs> means that you're not a good football player anymore no. to the to the despite of some i think that Jamar is going to be an elevation of this Bengals offense. I yeah. think right away he's going to give them a good chance of winning football games. And I think that'll help the growth of Joe Burrow having a number one wide receiver immediately. Well, again, it helps with having, you know, play together. There, there's something to be said with teammates who play in college that translate in the NFL. There's something to be said a lot of times about bringing in the guy like that who knows, you know, the quarterback well and they just have this natural connection. I think that's gonna, you know, like you said, help that offense tremendously. I would I would really be excited to see if he went to the Bengals. I love I love when former quarterbacks and wide receivers team up. Let's go to number six overall Miami who traded up with the Philadelphia Eagles for this pick. Gary take this one. Yep. I uh at six, so I have the Dolphins Actually, the Dolphins stay at six. So, at six, I have the Dolphins taking Devontae Smith from Alabama. Okay. Um, I, this is a you know a very receiver heavy class, as we know. A lot of you know, you have five guys who could go top twenty. Uh, it just has that type of caliber of talent here. Um, and I think Devontae Smith goes to the Dolphins at six. I just think uh, Devontae Smith, of course, the Heisman winner, arguably. You know, he's up there with Chase. He's as not a big enough receiver. Though. No, he's not. I agree with you. People, I think but that was that was being. Um, I was that was being sarcastic. The, <laughs> the thing about his oh, size yeah, is, yeah, is it's I can't believe that. I, I can't believe we're actually doing this. Six one one seventy five. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's right. People are concerned about that, but I mean, I think the play on the field speaks for itself. Exactly. I mean, he's a fantastic player, and I I think he's got some things to learn. I actually do think Waddle's better, but there's just I I can't really put a finger on it, but there just is this feeling and kind of this like. Devontae Smith to Miami with Tua just makes sense to me. It, it, it almost is coming full circle because, you know, Tua's first big moment was in the national championship game against Georgia where he threw the touchdown pass to Devontae Smith. So 
it almost and that's not the reason I'm saying they're going to pick him. I'm just saying it almost feels like it's all coming full circle. And I think Devontae Smith has great ball skills. I think he's a great route runner. Um, and so I think he goes at six to the Dolphins to help their receiving core. Well, we saw him in that stadium, the national championship, had like 250 yards in the first yeah. half and three touchdowns against Ohio State. I have Smith falling a little bit. I don't have him here, but I just want to touch on him because we'll probably not talk as much the second round about Smith. Yep. People are very just apoplectic that his size and his like kind of the weight is going to matter in the yep. NFL. Why hasn't it mattered yet? He was a five-star coming out of high school. Yep. He was the best wide receiver in college football for the past three seasons, and now all of a sudden his size and height's a thing? Like, what are we doing now? I know. So I, I have know. Miami taking Kyle Pitts here that you talked about yep. a little earlier. can play all around the field. They already have a good tight end in Mike Gusecki. Now you're going to play a lot of two tight end, one running back sets that yep. they probably take a running back later on in the draft because they don't really have one right now. I think that if Devontae, if Kyle Pitts had a wide receiver next to him and not a tight end position, I think he'd go before Jamar Chase just because of the skills that he has. He's outstanding on the outside, yep. can block like a tight end. They can even play him in the slot. I think that Brian Flores and that Dolphins offense will really get creative with how they use Kyle Pitts. So I think that he would be a really good fit there for the number six overall pick. Also coming from the University of Florida, so yeah. not a not a huge travel, about four or five hours south down to Miami. Number seven overall, I think that's where you have your first trade. We'll hear it in just a second. Yep. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in this one first because yep. I know mm-hmm. I want to let you explain your trade. Yep. I have the Detroit Lions taking the other album wide receiver, Jalen Waddle here. I have Waddle ahead of Smith because I think people are, are way too low on Smith for reasons that I'm not aware or not familiar with. I think Waddle is a good fit for the Lions offense because I think they need someone who can both kind of be the leader of their offense and also on special teams because we know the ability he has on punt returning. I think that everyone's trying to find the next like Tyreek Hill, and I think the Lions will go with Waddle here to try to fill that position. We know what Tyreek Hill's ability is. He can catch a screen pass at the 20-yard line and then run 80 yards for a touchdown. I think Jalen Waddle could have that still same factor. Maybe if he didn't get hurt this season, he could have won the Heisman and not Devontae Smith because we both think Alabama's season, they still would have won the national championship yeah. if Waddle was healthy, but the numbers wouldn't have been so much in Smith's favor. We no. could have seen Waddle have 1,500 yards, 20 touchdowns, whatever Smith had. Yeah. I'm ex- I think Waddle would be a good fit in Detroit. I think they want to get a deep ball player for Jared Goff. They really don't have that many receivers right now. They lost Galladay. They lost Marvin Jones Jr. I think they have like some really weak wide receivers yeah, in their core right now. I think Waddle is going to elevate that wide receiver room immediately. He's got the speed. He's got the talent. I think yeah. he'd be a good fit for that Detroit Lions offense. So I won't say who the Lions pick. I'll get to them later. But I... The reason for moving outside the you know seven pick for the Lions is of course if Jared Goff you know if, if they didn't bring him in and you know Stafford was gone we'd be talking a different situation right they'd be at seven looking to draft their franchise quarterback now with Jared Goff they've got the guy who they think right now they're going to win football games with and I like what you said about receivers I think receiving this receiving class is incredibly strong but I just felt like because it's so strong they're willing to bump back and get a little more out of it because they know how this class is stacked. So I actually have them trading not far right now. I have them trading from seven to nine, having the Broncos flip. Okay. And I have the Broncos taking Trey Lance at seven. All right. I think there's a lot of noise around this whole Drew Locke situation. I was actually looking at a stat yesterday. Jerry Judy led the league in the most drops because of an uncatchable pass by a quarterback at 38. Wow. So 38 drops because of uncatchable passes by the quarterback. And I love Drew Locke. You know, yeah, our, Mizzou, our guy. Mizzou guy is great quarterback. Love him. But I think they're 
this close to moving on, I think getting a guy like Trey Lance in that top 10 spot would kind of solidify their future. I have, or I feel pretty good about that. I think that I'm not, I'll, I'll go into a Denver pick when we get there, but I, I could see Denver moving off of Drew Locke. I'll just leave it at that as we ho- head over to the eighth overall pick in the draft where Carolina is up. Gary, take this one at eight. Yeah. Um, well, I've got the Panthers taking Panay Sewell. Um, I think after the acquisition of Sam Darnold, it's clear that a quarterback is not, you know, in their market of draft. Um, and furthermore, they need someone to okay, not only do they need someone to protect Sam Darnold, but I think at eight right now, Sewell might be the best player left on the entire board in this entire draft. I think Panay Sewell is a again a top five player in this entire draft, a fantastic offensive tackle from Oregon. Um, and I think the Panthers are going to start beefing that lineup. Joe Brady wants to protect Sam Darnold. That's you know their guy moving forward. Um, and I think I, I think I went back and forth on a receiver or an offensive lineman because with the you know the loss of Curtis Samuel, that receiving core is lacking a little bit. So I went back and forth between a receiver or an offensive lineman. But I just thought Panay Sewell was the best guy available, and that's the guy that's going to help him the most next year. I, I have the same exact pick for the same exact reason, Sewell. Generational talent on the offensive line. Sam Darnold, the issue when he was with the Jets was they couldn't protect him. Now you get the best offensive lineman in the class at the eighth overall pick. It's a steal for him. I think in a normal draft, then Sue would be a top five pick. And now with all these receivers and quarterbacks and tight ends going one through through seven, I guess, now you have a chance to get the best offensive lineman on the board. I think it would be a great addition to Carolina, who already has McCaffrey. Have some good receivers. Now that offense takes the next big step under Matt Rule in year two. Number nine overall, you have Detroit picking. I have... Denver picking, yep. and we'll hear what we got in a second. I'll, I'll go in here first. Uh, I talked about this a second ago. I think Denver takes a quarterback for the same reason as you mentioned, that Drew Locke just really isn't the fit right now. I have them taking the fifth quarterback, uh, Justin Fields, quarterback from Ohio State. Not necessarily. I don't think Fields is the fifth-best quarterback, but I think kind of the fifth-best fit in terms of the quarterback's being picked by teams. I think he's a interesting prospect. I think he yep. needs to sit for a year. I don't think you throw him straight into the fire. The same thing with Trey Lance. Uh, he's not really where Trevor Lawrence is right now, where Trevor Lawrence will be the week one starter for Jacksonville. Uh, but I think that – I think Fields will make all the Broncos better. I think he, when he becomes the starting quarterback and takes the field for the first time, I think the Broncos will have a better team. He kind of has a swagger and a leadership to him when he plays. Yep. I know he makes mistakes – you know, he holds on to the ball for a lot, isn't a great intermediate thrower, but these are things you have to develop as a quarterback. Not everyone is going to be pro- perfect coming out of day one. So I think when Fields takes over for Denver, they're going to be a better team than they are with Drew Locke right now. I agree with that. I agree. And all right, stick with me here. So I've got, you know, I have the Broncos trading to seven. I had Detroit taking the ninth pick. I have another trade here oh, okay. at nine, though. I have Detroit once again trading that pick. This time to New England. And I have New England bumping up to nine and taking Justin Fields. Um, I think, like you mentioned, I think we have both been high on Justin Fields this year. There are a few things that I, uh, again, the decision-making at times can be hit or miss. I think you said it perfectly. He's going to need at least a year to sit behind, whether it's Cam Newton or whoever, just to kind of learn the offense, learn the system. But I I think if you give him – that's always my complaint, though, with Justin Fields. I don't think Fields has ever really had enough time – to groom. I think he was at Georgia for a year. That was not working out well. He moved right over to Ohio State, started right away, had all this pressure to be this, you know, fantastic 
quarterback who was, you know, competing with the Heisman from Trevor Lawrence. So I think you give Fields a year or two and it's going to pan out well. And that's why I think the Patriots move up. They need a future guy. I think that's their guy uh, at nine. I'd be perfectly fine with it. Tenth overall, we're going to take a break from the music for a second. Yep. Uh, Dallas, you take this one. Yeah, I've got Patrick Sertain okay. at ten. I think they need defense. Defense has been I, they were getting. I mean, they were getting torched last year. Yeah, you and I watched them just getting absolutely demolished on the defensive side. So Sertain, best cornerback. I think they take him at ten. This is where I have my second trade. Okay. I think that I can't see a scenario where Devontae Smith falls out of the top ten. Is what I'm thinking. I think that despite teams aren't huge on his size and his weight. I think someone's going to move up to get him, and I'm looking for a wide receiver needy team who kind of sees the talent of Devontae Smith. This team likes to take Alabama players. I have Dallas moving back to the 22nd pick with the nice. Tennessee Titans. Okay. Tennessee gets right. number 10 and number 227. Dallas gets number 22. Tennessee's first rounder and number 166 overall. And the Tennessee Titans select Devontae Smith, wide receiver from Alabama. The Titans, this is what it went into. The Titans love to take Alabama players. Yep. They have a weakness at wide receiver. Right now they're wide receiver two after A.J. Brown is Josh Reynolds. I'm not sure that's a consistent wide receiver. I think the Titans think that they still have a window to win now. Yep. And I think they fill it by taking Devontae Smith, kind of adding another weapon to Ryan Tannehill. You're a Titans fan. You're smiling right I now. You it. sound excited. I love it. I, I Listen, I'm all for that. I've We have said the Titans need a receiver, and I— why not move up pick. to get one of the I, best ones? I love it. Why I wait to 22 pick. to get someone like Rashad Bateman when you could possibly move up with Dallas? They'll take your draft picks. Hey, I, I will text you on draft day if that happens, and I will be ecstatic. I, I think it'd that. be a good fit. Number 11 <laughs> overall, New York Giants. I'll take this on one. Yep. Uh, Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. Uh, the Giants have a good defense already. Linebacking where they have Blake Martinez right now, who's all right. I think that – I mentioned this word a lot. Micah Parsons elevates that defensive room. You know, he had some character issues that we talked about on a previous show. We don't know where he's going to fall in the draft, where teams have him on their big board, if teams even have him as a first-round grade overall. I think that if you just eliminate all the outside factors and see what you see on the football field, even though he sat out of last season, he is just so good on the field, such a great playmaker, and I think the Giants get better when he's on the field. I'm going to actually go on the opposite side of the ball. I'm going to go, I think the Giants take Jalen Waddle. I've already had Waddle, you know, I guess falls to the top 10, which a lot of people, again, he's a guy that could go top 10, but I'm not seeing a lot of action. I think a lot of those late top 10 teams are going defense. Um, but I have them taking what 11. I think the Giants are in need to have a playmaker. I think Daniel Jones has, you know, he has struggled because of that. Of course, Saquon Barkley hurt last year. He's getting back healthy this year. And it is a lacking receiving core. It's a team that is looking to build that offense and continue to get better because it's a division where they're going to be able to compete. I think Washington, Dallas, New York, and Philadelphia, there's no clear win in the division. No. That is a wide that, open division. I think that two teams make the playoffs next year in that division. I think so, too. I think it's a good division now. I think so, too. Think, as bad as it was last year, I think it could be better next year. Yeah, because you all remember it was Washington got in the playoffs at 7-9. and nine. Like, they got in at 7-9. and nine. So, I, I, you know, look for something different. But I think, yeah, I think Waddle's a great player, and I think, you know, he's going to— like you talk about elevating that offense, I think he could do that. Yeah, they already got Kenny Galladay. They have uh, Darius Slayton. They have a good team, Evan Ingram. Yep. We'll see if Daniel Jones can finally make it happen. Number 12 overall, Philadelphia Eagles. I have them taking Patrick Sertain, the cornerback from Alabama. You talked about him earlier. Yep. Uh, great man-to-man corner. Had a very good season the last couple years with Alabama. Could have been the first or second corner off the board if he came out of last year's class, but was a little too young. Yep. Uh, I think the Eagles' cornerbacks, they were very weak last year. They couldn't really guard other teams' receivers. All they have was Darius Slay, who was kind of, not, kind of a shell of himself of what he is now. 
Uh, I think Sertain elevates that cornerback room, is the first defensive back off the board. And I think you know, you're playing in a division when Dallas has good receivers. Washington has Terry McLaurin and company. Yep. Giants have Kenny Galladay. You talk about they could draft another receiver. Yep. You need to get a corner to stop these guys. I agree. I I'm, I have them going corner too. I have them taking uh, J.C. Horn from okay. South Carolina. I have Sertain, of course, you know, going 10 to the Cowboys. So I think that Horn falls to 12. And I think J.C. Horn is the third ranked cornerback in this year's class yep. it's it's a coin flip between him and Caleb Farley but I had JC Horn I think he is I've watched a lot of him um, I think you know being here at Mizzou we've watched him play and he's yeah. a great he player game against Mizzou. he's yeah he's got great ball skills so I think Horn goes uh 12 to the Eagles 12 overall LA Chargers who do you think they take I have 13, the Chargers, 13 I mean 13. yeah I have the Chargers taking Rashawn Slater okay. um the I have the same tackle so. yeah I, I think he just is I think you know Sewell is obviously the number one, but Slater's right behind. Yeah. He's a great tackle from Northwestern, and I think you know the Chargers, especially they hit a home run last year with Justin Herbert. That was maybe the greatest pick of last year's It'd draft. Be a grand was, slam. I'm it not sure. was, it, it was just a home run. Taking him was fantastic, and he is their guy going forward. He had a fantastic rookie season. Now you got to protect him. That, that's the big thing. I think Rashawn Slater is a massive. Offensive lineman yeah. who was going to come in, he's six three, three hundred five pounds. Who's going to come in and elevate this offensive line, help them get you know that offense restructured. So that's why I have them taking Slater. Once you already have a guy like Justin Herbert, now you just at all costs have to protect him. Hundred percent. That's why you take an offensive lineman with this yep. pick. Uh, next pick, Minnesota Vikings, number fourteen overall. I have them another offensive lineman. I uh, don't need to go too deep into this. Christian Darrisaw yep. from Virginia Tech, pass protection, protect her cousins. Continue to build depth on the offensive line. That was an issue for the Vikings last season. Yep, I have uh, I have the Vikings taking Micah Parsons. I think oh, Parsons. Okay. You know, I I think he's a great player, and I don't think he should fall too much. But just because of what has happened a little recently this year, which is kind of the, a little bit of the off-field issues, I think that bumps him down a little bit. He still stays in the top fifteen because his talent speaks for itself. But I think he does go fourteen. The Vikings, another team, they're looking to improve defensively. They've Kind of gone away from that, you know, strong defensive talent they used to have a few years back. But I think this is going to help them, and he is a proven leader. And I think he'll help that defense right away and kind of get them back where they need to be. And this is a pressure year for Mike Zimmer and the Vikings. They have to win. They have to get back to the postseason this year after a disappointing last season. Number fifteen overall, you have Detroit picking here. I have Atlanta. I have the Falcons taking a player you meant or player you mentioned yeah. briefly, Caleb Farley, the cornerback from Virginia Tech. Atlanta took a corner in the first round last year. Uh, AJ Terrell from Clemson didn't have a great rookie year, but I think you can never have enough good corners. I think he's it's the situation where he's the best player on the board. Uh, man to man guy, great ball skills. Yeah. He's, a phys- he's more of a physical corner than I would say uh, JC Horn is, but I think he'd be a good fit for the Falcons, who really don't have a strong secondary right now. And I think this is this is a similar kind of strategy that the Panthers took last year, where they're trying to go all defense in. This year's draft, kind of focusing on for, focusing on that side of the ball rather than the offensive side with an yeah. offensive coach. Yeah, I actually have the Lions taking Caleb Farley too. I don't need to explain much, but I agree. He's great physical cornerback. I think the Lions, you know, try to improve that defense as much as they can. Number sixteen overall is where I have my third trade. This is just a. I do too, actually. Okay, uh, I'll. You break your down first. You sure? Yeah. All right. I have uh, the Cardinals trading out of 16 down to 19 to Washington. I have the football team moving up just four spots. And I have them taking Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, uh, the linebacker from Notre Dame. Um, I, I think the reason I have Washington trading out. So Washington defensively is superb as everywhere good as except for linebacker position, which is still not bad, but not fantastic. I think... They're going to try to fill that gap. Uh, you get a guy like Koromoa who is just he's 
fast, he's physical, uh, he's a leader, and all of a sudden that bumps that defense up that much more. I, I think the reason, too, is that Raiders and Dolphins pick is interesting. I think those two teams right now are looking to improve defensively, um, and I think Washington kind of feels the pressure of, you know, maybe one of those two teams goes defense and they on the off chance snag this guy we want because that's Washington's guy. I mean, they have been talking about this guy for about a month now. So they're going to go Coramo if they have the chance. I think they bump up and they take him at 16. I have Air- Chicago trading up to 16. Arizona gets number 20, number 83, and number 204 overall. I think the Bears have someone they're looking at, and that's Elijah Vera Tucker, the offensive tackle slash guard from USC. Uh, Tyler Kading was yeah. on the show a couple weeks ago complaining about a lot of things about the Bears, so I'm pretty <laughs> sure he complained about the offensive line somewhere in there. Yes. Uh, the offensive line is a huge weakness for the Bears. This is the best one on the board because you've already seen Darisaw. I've already seen Slater. I've already seen Sewell get off the board. Yeah. Now you got to go get Vera Tucker, who's probably the best in that next tier and best player on the board. Chicago moves up, gets their guy. Number 17 overall, Las Vegas Raiders. I have them going offensive side of the ball. Tevin Jenkins, offensive tackle from Oklahoma State. Nice. Um, they lost Trent Brown in the offseason. They lost their other tackle. The offensive line is basically in shambles right now. Yep. Uh, Tevin Jenkins is the best tackle on the board, and I think the Raiders go with him. I have them taking an offensive lineman as well, but I have them taking Christian Darisaw from okay. Virginia Tech. You had him earlier. Um, I, I just think the way the chips fall, he falls 17, but Darisaw is a fantastic offensive lineman from Virginia Tech, and I think the Raiders, you know, a team that, as you literally just mentioned, they need to improve their offensive line. They lost Trent Brown, so I think he fits in that spot well. Number 18 overall, Miami Dolphins. What do you think? I've got them taking Quiddy Pay from Michigan. Okay, so the, do I. Okay. Uh, there I you have go. This, same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he is. This is another situation where Quiddy Pay is the best player on the board right now. He is actually ranked as the 12th best player in the entire draft. So I think if he falls to 18 and the Dolphins have the chance, why not? He is a fantastic edge rusher, actually. He is so fast off the edge. He's not. Su- he's actually He's a pretty big guy and moves yeah. really well. He's got First really size. good hands. So. I think it makes sense. I think he falls to the Dolphins. Yeah, the Dolphins, they've really addressed the defense in the last few years. They have yeah. a good secondary, have a pretty good linebacking core. The defensive line is probably the only part that needs some work. I think Quiddy Pay is a good edge rusher. You know, you want, you're want you playing against Josh Allen now twice a year. You're playing against what's going to be Zach Wilson yep. probably. We'll see who the new quarterback for the New England Patriots is if it's still Cam Newton. Got to go get these guys. Agreed. I think Quiddy Pay, best defensive end on the board. Yeah. Miami takes him, and now hopefully you're – Improving, maybe adding five to ten more sacks to your defensive line yeah. next year. Washington football team, I have at number 19 overall. I have them taking Jeremiah Usu Kuromoa. I don't think they even need to move up the trade just to get him. <laughs> uh, I think he's a perfect fit for that team. You yeah, know, agreed. he can play linebacker, can play safety, can guard inside receivers yeah. coming out of the backfield, running backs, tight ends. He's exactly what they need. Elevates that defense even yeah. more. And I, I think he'd be a, he is a defensive rookie of the year sleeper if they take him at number 19 overall. That's how good that defense is, and he yeah. will shine in that spot in Washington. I agree. I, I love that. I think he is just, you know, I'm excited. Now, of course, I'm a Washington football team fan. I'm excited. I think that's the way they're going to go. I have, of course, Arizona trading at 19, um, and I have them taking Elijah Vera Tucker from USC, as you mentioned okay. earlier. Um, I, I don't need to explain much. As you, you said it all, great offensive lineman. He's, you know, he's going to fit in well. I think Arizona, another team that really needs to protect Kyler Murray. Uh, Kyler Murray has just been absolutely pummeled, you know, these past couple of years. So I think they take him and try to beat that offensive lineup. 
20 overall, this is where I have the Cardinals. That's a good swing transition. I have them taking J.C. Horn, the corner from South Carolina. Gotcha. Uh, the, most of the offensive linemen are gone at this point. They did move back, get some extra draft picks because the Cardinals only have like five draft picks. Mm-hmm. So I think they want to move back, add some more. And I think best player on the board, J.C. Horn, you mentioned. You had him going a little earlier. Yep. Uh, they have a weakness at secondary. They lost Patrick Peterson, yep. who's been there since 2011. They have uh, Byron Murphy. They brought in Malcolm Butler. I'm not sure how good he is anymore. I think that Horn, I thought they were going to take a corner in last year's class. Instead, they went out with Isaiah Simmons, who's more of a linebacker safety hybrid. Now you can tr- try to build that defense even more. We talk about how good the offenses are in that NFC West with the 49ers and the Rams, now with Matthew Stafford, and the Seahawks with Russell Wilson. Continue to build your defense. That's when the Cardinals have to make themselves unique yeah. and take a corner like J.C. Horn, who's the best player on the board. I'm going to throw a curveball. I'm going to throw a wrench into this one. Oh. <laughs> I've got another trade here. And I've got the Bears at 20 trading with Tampa Bay. I have Tampa Bay moving Whoa. up to 20. I know. I said I'm going to throw a race in this thing. Big jump for the champs. A huge for the jump. champs. And I, the reason for that being <clears throat> Tampa's not content with just what they have right now. I, I think they want more. And as talented as this roster is, they bring back everybody. They want more. And I have them moving up to 20 and taking Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. I think they want to continue to improve that receiving core. And the reason I say that is because it's Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they're fantastic players, right? But the injuries have been a consistent problem with those guys. And, you know, week in, week out, you don't know who's going to play, who's not. And Rashawn Bateman's one of those guys who could sit, you know, play a little bit this year, not a ton, but I see him coming in and being a long-term replacement for Mike Evans, you know, those receivers they've got. So it's out there. That would be interesting because that would reunite yep. Rashad Bateman with Tyler Johnson yep. they took in the sixth or fifth round last year from Minnesota. Yep. And Antoine so. Winfield, too, is another guy they love from Minnesota. So they, he, they took him last year. The, so The Minnesota guy's coming down we'll to Tampa. See. I don't know. It's out there. But I, I could see. I just think, again, you know, you, you can never have enough good, talented receivers, in my opinion. And we see how much of a luxury they are. Yeah, so. and... Tampa has no holes in their offense. Why not move up and no. go get a guy like Rashad Bateman if he's the best receiver on still on the board? Yep. 21 overall of the Colts taking Jalen Phillips, edge rusher from Miami. Nice. They lost Mika Watcher in this offseason to your Tennessee Titans. Yep. Uh, one of the only holes really on that whole roster is what the defensive line is. I think you add some depth there with Jalen Phillips. Put him next to uh, DeForest Buckner. You already have good linebackers there yep. uh, with um, Okiki and uh, who's, Darius Leonard. His name was blanking on yep. me for a second. I think uh, Phillips put some pressure on the quarterback. He's really great in finesse moves. If he wasn't, if he didn't transfer to Miami, we're not talking about him as yep, a first round pick. We're talking about as a, a day three pick. Yep. After coming from UCLA, I think Phillips could be a very good addition to the Colts at 21. I had them. I had the Colts going to edge rusher too. I have them taking Aziz Ojolari from okay. Georgia. Um, for all the same reasons, I think you know the Colts are looking for another guy like Darius Leonard who's going to come in and just take that defense to the next level. Uh, I mean, this is a Colts team that has a good defense. They've you know they've they play that fast, that physical football, um, and I think Aziz Ojolari could do it well. He is a guy who is not. It, it's interesting because you look at his prospect ranked, and he's all over the place in some different boards. I mean, some places he's in you know top twenty, then he falls second round. He's all over the place, but I think he, I think his upside. The way he plays, his hands are fantastic off the edge. We saw him against Missouri just, I mean, lit yeah. up our offensive line. So I think Ojolari 
is a great pick for them. I think he falls at 21. 22 overall. I have Dallas. This is the pick they traded with Tennessee. Dallas gets a cornerback, Greg Newsom from Northwestern. Uh, he's a good man-to-man corner. Uh, Northwestern, we know how great they have prospects coming on on the defensive side in previous years. Uh, it just They have a weakness at corner. Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis yeah. are their number one and two corners. You put a guy like Greg Newsom in there who's, I think, ranked pretty high as a yeah. prospect. This is a pretty good corner class. Him being the fourth overall corner is a this is why Dallas moves back from 10 to 22 to get that future draft pick and get a good corner like Greg Newsom here that you know, you, they don't have that strength of defense right now, and Greg Newsom will make them a better team. I've got a, a Titans taking Kadarius, Tony. I, I think they... You know, it's explosive. A, yes, he is. He is a shifty, explosive player, and I think Tannehill, you know, they run a lot of that play action, which is really what suits Tony well. Tony's fantastic off play action. He is a guy that you can give the ball to two yards downfield and he'll make 80 yards out of it. He's just that kind of player. So I think the Titans, again, you said it earlier, they're trying to revamp this receiving core. It's A.J. Brown and everybody else. I mean, Josh Reynolds yeah. is a, I think, a wide receiver three, in my opinion. I think he That's is he be. A, a fringe two, but more of a three kind of guy. Um, so I think this is a guy in Kadarius Tony who can come in and make an immediate impact. And all of a sudden, this Titans offense, already good as it was, becomes that much better. And furthermore, I think Kadarius Tony is a step up from Corey Davis. I think Corey Davis was good last year because he knew it was a contract year, but I think Kadarius Tony is a step up from Corey Davis. I do. If you think about it in this perspective, which guy would you rather have on your fantasy team? Josh Reynolds, Kadarius Tony, or Corey Davis? I know. I'm like. It's like sometimes you have to look at it like that. Like, yeah, I'd rather have Kadarius Tony because yep. what he can do. Uh, I yeah. Let's go on to 23 overall. New York Jets. I have them taking, as you mentioned, Aziz Ojolari yep. from Georgia. We, I was at that Mizzou-Georgia game. He was the best player on the yep. football field. He was getting past him. It was Larry Bourne was starting a tackle that yep. day for Mizzou. He was getting past him easily. Uh, the Jets were like last in the league in sacks last year. All they have is Quinn and Williams. Uh, they just they don't have it on the defensive line. I think yeah. you take the best edge rusher available. Now you got your quarterback for the future. They hope. Now you got your edge rusher for the future. You hope. And the Jets and Robert Sala are going to go from here with that. Yep. It's funny. You and I flop with the <coughs> Colts and the Jets. I have the Jets taking um, Jalen Phillips okay. from Miami. Like you said, a fantastic edge rusher. And that's you know honestly, you get their future guy and a guy they need. Twenty four overall. So <laughs> I have another trade. I have okay. New Orleans moving up with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh gets number 28, nice. 98, and 218 overall. The Saints get this number 24 overall pick. And they're taking, I guess, hometown, not too far. Terrace Marshall Jr., wide receiver from LSU. That was, uh, Go back to mention Mizzou. He was outstanding. In LSU lost that game, but yeah. Terrace Marshall was the best wide receiver in the team. Uh, the Saints have a pretty weakness at wide receiver outside of Michael Thomas. They have Traquan Smith. Mm-hmm. They lost Emmanuel Sanders to the Bills in the offseason. Sean Payton loves getting weapons. Now you get a guy like Terrace Marshall out there who is a good outside receiver, has good hands, and he's a good route runner, similar to Jamar Chase, but he, he actually played last season, two years in, the, in college for Marshall, and I think he'll have a big impact on the Saints' offense. I like that pick. I, I like Terrace Marshall, too. He's you know fantastic, explosive player. I've got the Steelers going running back, and <clears throat> I went back and forth on who to pick, but... I just couldn't go away from Najee Harris. And okay. I have them taking Najee at 24 because of the recent departure of James Conner. And the Steelers don't have a consistent back. You look at it's Benny Snell, Anthony McFarlane, and Kalen Balazs. Those guys are not consistent starting running backs in the league. I think Najee Harris 
has all the tools to be a fantastic back in this league. Of course, running backs are, I know our our guy Tyler Cading does not like running backs. He <laughs> is very against them. But I do think to an extent you need a consistent back who's going to help you out, kind of, you know, give you a good balance in the offense. And Najee Harris, again, he has it all. When he hits the second level, you can't catch him. He's powerful. He's physical. So I think they take him at 24. 25 overall Jacksonville. Who do you think? I have them taking Trevon Morig, the uh, safety from uh, TCU. This safety class is very weak this year. Uh, The quarterback class is strong. The safety class is weak. Morig is the best player, undoubtedly. And Jacksonville is looking to continue to build that defense. Of course, last year, their first-round pick was C.J. Henderson from Florida. They want to continue to build that secondary. I think Morig is just a fantastic safety. He's another one of those kind of physical safeties you talk about. So I think they take him and kind of you know get that defense back where it needs to I be. I have the same exact pick. I think this is the easiest pick of the draft. Yeah. Do you know who the Jacksonville Jaguars starting safeties are right now? Who are they? Rayshon Jenkins and Gerard Wilson. There you go. No names. That's all we need to no know names. right there. I, he's, you're getting the best safety. <laughs> you're getting the best safety in the draft. You yeah. have to go through the opportunity and take him. I think Morig. Uh, Jacksonville has a lot of holes right now. They have two second-round picks. Yeah. I think that's when you dress wide receiver and offensive line. But right now, if you can get the best player, it doesn't matter the position. Yeah. If you can get the best player in the draft at a certain position, you have to go out and take him. Okay. That's why the draft, the Jaguars take well, uh, Morgan. He's at, he's ranked 16th overall, and you're, you got and we got him to you know 25, which that's, is that's a plus. Insane. That's, that's a plus awesome. for Jacksonville. Yeah. 26 overall. I have the Browns taking Christian Barmore, the defensive lineman too. from Alabama. Me too. Uh, the Browns don't have too many holes on there. It's crazy to no. say the Browns are almost a complete football team. They just got Jadeveon Clowney. Uh, they have Miles Garrett. They have a great defensive line. Now you're yeah. just the only hole is they lost Sheldon Richardson in the inside defensive line. Now you're replacing him with the best defensive lineman on the board in Christian yep. Barmore. This is one of the worst uh, defensive line class we've seen or interior defensive line in yep. a while. This is he's the only guy that's projected to possibly go in the first round. Even though I do have a second one going at, towards the end of the draft or the, towards the end of the first round. Uh, Barmore was very good at Alabama. He's he's a good run stopper. Yep. He can get past the center. He can get some sacks. And he had like five or six sacks last season. Uh, and now he's taken over in Cleveland. I agree. I, I all for the same reasons. Barmore had actually a really great playoff experience with Alabama. He was just yep. absolutely fantastic. Was really the difference maker in those two games. Just I mean, wreaking havoc on both Ian Book and Justin Fields. So I agree. I think Christian Barmore goes twenty six to Cleveland. They continue to just critique and perfect that defense they have that is already so exactly. fantastic. Who do you have 27, Baltimore? I have Baltimore taking Gregory Rousseau from Miami. Okay. I think Baltimore is looking, again, to fix that defense. This is very much a Baltimore defense that we've seen go towards a downward trend the past couple of years. This was a team that always liked to kind of build, kind of have their motto after Ray Lewis, play just that physical, hard mouth football. And they've been missing that recently. So I think that's why... They're going to go Russo. I think Russo is probably him or Jason Owa from Penn State are the two best edge rushers left. But I just think with Russo, kind of the name he has and the experience, they take him. And I think, you know, the Ravens try to kind of build a defense if they can. I have them going Zayvon Collins. He's a linebacker from Tulsa. Uh, he can play both on the edge and all on the ball or off the ball. Yep. Uh, they lost Matthew Judon to the Patriots. They lost McPhee. They took Patrick Queen in the first round last season. Great player. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. Uh, but after that, the linebacking course pretty weak. I think Collins, you talk about, can go get the quarterback, can also go off and play in coverage. He's, I think he's better in coverage than he is getting to the quarterback. 
Uh, Baltimore likes those kind of guys who can move all over the field. And, you know, he's not Ray Lewis. He's not Terrell Suggs. But he, you know, he could be that next, that forefront of that Baltimore defense, him and Patrick Queen. They need to get younger on that side of the ball. Yeah, they do. They have guys like Calais Campbell and Derek Wolfe and Yannick Ngakwe, who they traded for. They need to get younger on that side. And I think that uh, Stephen Collins is the pick there. 28 overall, I'll jump into this first. I have Pittsburgh. They traded back. I haven't taken, you mentioned Najee Hires, running back from Alabama. We talk about how great he is, pass catching, breaking tackles, getting off the ball. Um... Right now, Pittsburgh's running backs are Anthony McFarlane and Jalen Samuels. That is not going to win you football games for the team that was last in rushing in 2020. You get the best running back on the board, (laughs) Najee Harris. Outstanding all of his years at Alabama. Physical runner, but also a good pass catcher. They can line him up at receiver in the slot, have him run some routes. He'll catch the ball and make plays down the field. So I think Najee seems like the perfect fit for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I agree. I, I, I like that pick. I think it's why we both agreed on that. I actually have the Saints. Call me bias. I have Saints take Nick Bolton at 28. Okay. I think Nick I Bolton has kind of fallen out of the first round as of recently, which I, I think all that is is a testament to just the amount of talent in this year's class. It's a great I class. Nick Bolton is a fantastic linebacker. We've watched him, you know, first person here in hand, and he is just an absolute beast. Um, I think the Saints, they need a linebacker. They are looking to replenish that defense. I that defensive line is not bad, but it's really that linebacking core similar to Washington that really just needs an extra guy in there. And Nick Bolden is just, I mean, a physical linebacker who I think his best trait is he reads defenses so well. He's so smart. He knows which gaps to hit. I think he's a great fit. I think uh, New Orleans goes Nick Bolden at 28. Could easily see it. 29 overall at the Packers taking Rashad Bateman, wide receiver from Minnesota. Interesting you see the Green Bay ticket Minnesota guy. He's the best receiver on the board. I think they yeah. prefer him over Tony a little bit just because of Packers. Like, they historically like these big physical guys. Yep. I think Bateman, who also has good speed, he's got a, he's an aggressive receiver, can go up and get the ball. In a normal, you know, I guess, how great this wide receiver class is, Bateman could have been in a other year, maybe last year or the year before, one of the second or third receivers off the board. Uh, here he's going to be the, I think he's the fifth I have him. Uh, I think he's a good fit for Green Bay. They like they like physical guys. They have Scantling. They have Lazard. They have Devontae Adams. I think they hope Bateman can be the next Devontae Adams. I think I see some similarities in their game. I like it. I like it. I think I've got the Packers going completely different. I, I agree with the thing. Oh, the receiving. Kellen Mond? No, actually. <laughs> I have them going Landon Dickerson, uh, the offensive okay. line from Alabama. And kind of a curveball. Uh, Landon Dickerson. Not a highly rated offense. He's actually the 13th ranked guy in the position. So he's a low ranked guy. But the reason I like Landon Dickerson is it's really a couple reasons. And the big one, in my opinion, is his worth at his work ethic and his attention to detail. Landon Dickerson is a fantastic offensive lineman. He's physical. Again, he's not the flashy guy. Nope. He's also not the biggest guy. He's he's pretty he's big, not the beefiest guy. Yeah. But he's such a good leader, and he's his coachability is fantastic. He came in from Florida State, was a subpar offensive lineman, and that first year in Alabama, he started as on the offensive line and just took over. And this year, that offensive line gelled around him. I mean, you saw that last game against Ohio State, tore his ACL a couple weeks before. They hobbled him out there, and he got to snap the final snap of the game. That was, like, a, that was a great scene. A great scene. So, Landon Dickerson is a team player. Green Bay is looking to kind of fill that whole offensive line. Right now, they need a guy. I think Landon Dickerson is just a guy you can coach well, and he's got the intangibles. He's raw right now, but if you can really get someone to coach him up, the ceiling could be one of the best offensive linemen in this class, in my opinion. 
I, I could see Green Bay going that direction. What do you have Buffalo doing at 30? I have them taking Asante Samuel from Florida State, yeah. the cornerback. I think it, you've mentioned the cornerback, the talent. And it was tough. It was him or Newsom from Northwestern. I like Samuel a little bit better just because I've watched him more and I've seen the way he plays. Um, and he is one of those guys that's not physical. He's a ball hawk. He's great in the secondary. And he's 5'10", 184 pounds. He's not going to beat you physically no. much. So I think they go with you know, a cornerback at 30 and try to continue to build that defense. I have them another trade. I have Buffalo getting number 35 and number 148. Atlanta moves up. I think this is very similar to what Carolina did last year. They're going to continue to build their defense. They already got their corner. Now they get an edge rusher, Ronnie Perkins from Oklahoma. I think this is the first Oklahoma player off the board. Usually you see them going top five, top ten, a lot of their – Weapons and players, I guess they all stayed at Oklahoma. A testament to why they're going to be so good next season, we yep. both think. Uh, Ronnie Perkins, I think, is the best edge on the board. It was either him or Rose Sow here. Yeah. I just think Perkins a little more, has a little more speed off the, on the ball, uh, gets to the quarterback, a little more physical than Rosau. Um, and the Falcons, I think, best player on the board again. Continue to build that defense, get younger on that side of the ball, yep. and then focus on offense when you have to focus on offense if you're Arthur Smith. 31, Baltimore got this pick from Kansas City. What do you think they do with it? Yeah, I have Baltimore taking Alex Leatherwood, uh, the offensive lineman. It's actually funny. He's also another Alabama offensive lineman. But the reason I have the Packers taking Dickerson and not – I think Leatherwood's better. Let me say that. I think Alex Leatherwood is a better, more defined player than Dickerson is. The reason I have them taking Dickerson before, though, is because he's going to play more in the interior, whereas Alex Leatherwood is an offensive – an outside guy. They just lost Orlando Brown. The Chiefs just acquired him. So they're looking to fill that void. I think Leatherwood is Leatherwood is massive. He's huge. He's a fan, he's a gigantic offensive tackle. I think he'll come in, beef up that offensive line. They are a very and the thing about Leatherwood too is he's big, but he moves really well. His speed is not indicative of size. He moves really well for an offensive tackle. And with a guy like Lamar Jackson, who is consistently running these quarterback options, quarterback draws, they need somebody who can move well. Leatherwood does that. I think they go him at 31. I have Baltimore taking another offensive lineman. Jalen Mayfield, offensive tackle from Michigan. The Harbaugh connections. Uh, Jim or John takes one of Jim's players. I think that uh, Mayfield is a good pass protector. They just lost Orlando Brown in the trade. So now you're getting cheaper and you're getting younger at that position. Mayfield, uh, a good tackle. Good in run blocking. That's what Baltimore loves to do, especially, is they get Lamar Jackson outside. They get J.K. Dobbins. Uh, they get one of their other guys, Gus Edwards. Now you need a good run blocker in Jalen Mayfield. I think that's a good pick for them. Yep. Last but not least, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I went back and forth with this one. I almost had them taking Kadarius Tony because I didn't have him going in the first round, but I think they they actually have a, a need to fill, and that's the interior defensive line because Ndamukong Su getting up there in age, and Vita Vea has been hurt the last couple of years. I'm taking Levi on Wuzuriki, the defensive lineman from Washington. He's a good run stopper and a good filler on that defensive line. I think he'd be a good fit for Tampa Bay. At number 32 overall, what do you think? I've got the Bears. You know, yeah. I, had the, I had them trade down in a kind of weird trade, but. Uh, and I have them taking Rondale Moore from Whoa. Purdue. Uh, Rondale Moore, a guy who is actually a higher-ranked receiver than Kadarius Tony and a lot of other guys, but he's kind of fallen just because this past year. I, don't, I think he opted out uh, yeah. this past yeah. year. Uh, he play. played a few games. Yeah, he played a few games. But uh, Rondale Moore is just a absolutely fantastic receiver. I think he'd pair well with Allen Robinson. And, you know, Rondale Moore acts more of a – flex player like a Taysom Hill. He's not as big as Taysom Hill, but he can do it all. Uh, you'll see him in the run game a little bit. He can play quarterback. He's just really an all-around guy. I think Chicago, you get a weapon like that because, believe me, they need all the help they, they can get. They need a lot of things. They need all the help they can get. And so pairing him with Allen Robinson is a is, seems like a really good move. I think they at 32. 
I, then I think it's another case of he might be the best player left on this board at 32. So I think Chicago strikes and gets a guy that can really help this offense. I don't know if he will run no more because he was really good as freshman in college yep. and just has not done much since. No. The potential is there. The opportunity is there. I just haven't seen him done yet. And I think in the right fit, I just don't know in the Bears if he's going to be able to shine. I saw some people taking have him going to New England in the second round, I think 46 sure. overall. I don't know how I feel about it, but we'll see what they do. So that's our full mock draft. Yep. This has been a great, a very fun show. We've combined for 64 overall picks. I think I could get six of these right. The number I, think so. I had six right last year. Yep. I'm hoping for I'm hoping for six right this year. I think I, it's a real a real chance. I'm hoping for you know five or so. I, let's see. I, I didn't do I didn't, I did a little bit of mock draft last year, but not like this where no, it's full blown is... trades and all this. So I'm I think you and I have. Two or three pretty safe picks right now. Oh, Trevor Lawrence to the Jaguars is pretty safe. Lawrence and Wilson, I think. I think even more like you talked about to Jacksonville is also another yeah. safe pick. So and it's about hitting those in betweeners. We'll see if Mac Jones does go three overall. I hope he does. So one more thing too. Let me ask you this. Yeah. If you had to pick one guy on so talk about safe picks, if you had to make one day two pick that you think is is safe. What of the player, I gotta look at my big board. You're good. Of the players that I did not have going in the first yep. round. Yeah, of the players that are left, what would be, in your opinion, the most, the next safest pick in day two? So Kadarius Tony, it was the main one I didn't have going in the first round. Yep. It could be him. Um, Gregory Rousseau, I didn't have going. I also really like Amari Rogers, wide receiver from yep. Clemson. I think he's a good slot receiver. Jay, uh, Jason Oway from Penn State. Yep. Uh, Nick Bolton. There we go. I think there's a lot of guys. I'm telling you, this is a, such a great draft class that Elijah Moore, wide receiver from Ole Miss, yep. uh, Travis Etienne, we talked about, Dynamic yeah, Brown. There's so far. many guys that, you know, I would say my top ones are Tony and Amari Rogers, are those top two receivers. Yep. I think Jacksonville will take one of them at number 33 overall if we were to do a, a 33 team mock. I think Jacksonville will take Amari Rogers at 33, would be my bet. I think mine would have to be, I'd have to go. Trask. I don't know if it's going to be oh, second or third round, okay. but I think him to New Orleans continues to pick up steam. And I think, you know, fitting him in with a guy, and I know Jameis Winston is, you know, he's a controversial guy. He is, you know, he's throws a lot of touchdowns, throws a lot of, a lot of interceptions. He's back and forth. But I do think having a guy like Kyle Trask under him, learning the system would fit well. And I think Trask, he's a he's very similar to Drew Brees. He's doesn't have all of the same intangibles, but they're similar players. So I think I could see Trask going day two to the Saints at some point. I'm excited for it. So this has been our full mock draft special. We will be right back here next Sunday to recap the draft. Could be our last show of the semester. It's been a great year of Start Your Sunday. Yep. Enjoy the NFL draft on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We'll see you next time on KCLU 88.1. Start Your Sunday. Have a great week, everybody.